So on today's episode, we're going to be talking about push notifications in e-commerce. We're going to be talking about broadcast and personalized push notifications. It's a great episode you don't want to miss, so do stay tuned. Retail and e-commerce have witnessed an unprecedented transformation in the last decade. The widespread adoption of mobile technology, social media, as well as the lowered cost of cloud-based technology have not only eroded the barriers to entry in retail, but it's also led to the rapid rise and dominance of digital native product brands that sell directly to their customers. On this podcast, you'll get the scoop on customer acquisition and retention strategies employed by high-growth digital native product brands. Not being afraid to spend because you know that customer is going to pay it back uh, three or four-fold. That's when you start to unlock channels in the way that they were meant to be used. And- Listen to interviews with experts at the forefront of technology and innovation in digital retail. Three years ago, they wouldn't have come to us because, yeah, the macro trend of cloud, Wi-Fi, broadband availability, that was a real, that was a real problem. Hear firsthand stories from founders of innovative direct-to-consumer brands. Although I was thinking about the competition, I was more thinking about, like, how do I just build a freaking successful business? We focus on driving as much traffic as possible, converting that traffic, uh, and then dumping money back into driving more traffic. These insights will help you consistently 2x growth in specific areas of your direct-to-consumer brand. This is the 2x e-commerce podcast, hosted by Kunle Campbell. The 2X e-commerce podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business by taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 30,000 e-commerce brands like Brooklyn, Non, and Chubby's. Build your customer list, send emails that pop, and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit clavio.com slash 2x to create your free account. That is K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash 2x. Let's take a quick break to talk about screwing up. Accidents happen. Perhaps you installed an app that messed up your theme or a CSV import completely messed up your product catalog. Common myth, cloud-based e-commerce platforms like Shopify and BigCommerce have automatic backup solutions you can use when something goes wrong with your store. This is simply untrue. They don't. Myth busted. So what do you do? You use Rewind. Rewind will protect Shopify and big commerce stores with automatic backups. Rewind should be the first app you install to protect your store against human error, misbehaving apps, or collaborators gone bad. It's like having your very own magic undo button. Rewind is trusted by over 25,000 businesses from side hustles to the biggest retail brands you can think of. Gymshark, Movement Watches, and Pampers all use Rewind for automatic backups. So here's the deal for 2Xs. If you head over to rewind.io, which is R-E-W-I-N-D.io, install Rewind, you'll get to use it for free for seven days. If you reach out to the Rewind team and mention the 2X e-commerce podcast, they'd extend your seven-day trial for a full month 
for free. Enjoy peace of mind with Rewind Backups. Remember to head over to Rewind.io and don't forget to mention the 2X e-commerce podcast for a full month trial. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the 2X e-commerce podcast. I'm your host, Kune Campbell, and this is a podcast dedicated to rapid growth in online retail. So if you're looking to grow metrics such as conversions, average order value, repeat customers, traffic, and ultimately sales, I try and I try my very best to bring experts, um, practitioners, and you know, um, proven proven entrepreneurs who have you know been through or who have achieved you know quite a lot in, in e-commerce and I bring them onto the show, we quiz them and you know we try and get the, the best value, the most value for you, you know, um two X's. Now on today's episode, you know, we've talked a, a bit about um, email marketing in previous, you know, podcast, um, Facebook advertising. Um, we, we've done SMS, um, you know, SMS marketing about four episodes ago. We've also talked about um, uh, we, we, we've talked about a, a number handwritten notes. Remember with direct mail. So we talked about a lot of channels, and the essence is I want you guys to be aware of as many channels as possible towards the run up of Q4, which will be the biggest for most. Um, most 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 retailers, and um, this brings me to this episode. Um, this episode, I'm joined with Josh Wetzel. He's the CRO, that's a Chief Revenue Officer at One Signal. Now, One Signal is the most widely used push notification delivery and marketing platform for mobile applications and websites. He's based out in Palo Alto, um, California. That's um, you know tech. Mecca, that's a tech mecca, you know, of the world. And essentially, we want to talk about all things push notifications, what you should be doing now in your e-commerce stores with push notifications and how you could potentially um, have that connected conversation with customers. I always talk about um, multi-channel marketing, not in the traditional sense of going to marketplaces, but having multiple ways to connect to customers because you don't know which um, of the channels would actually activate them towards taking the final sale. Now, I have rambled a lot for the past few minutes. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome Josh to the show. Welcome, Josh. Thank you, Canal. I appreciate you having me on the show. Fantastic. It's great to have you. Um, could you take a minute or two to just introduce yourself and perhaps one signal? Yeah, so uh, I look, I've got a 20-year-plus career uh, in technology and in, in software, and I, particularly I've always had a passion and love for e-commerce. So I did stints in product search. I spent uh, two different stints at eBay. Um, so I've, I've kind of steeped in the e-commerce space, and I'm excited to see all the growth happening. Um, it's one of the silver linings of, of COVID is uh, an adoption, a fast adoption rate of people buying uh, digitally. So that's been great. Um, I've been at OneSignal for a couple of years now. So you did a great job of introducing us. We are a software for push notifications and app messaging. Uh, we do support other channels like email and, and, and others. Um, we are very widely used. We have over a million uh, unique companies that use us. We deliver about seven, seven and a half billion messages a day on their behalf. 
and a truly global software. We've got people using it in, in more than 125 countries, um, and it's been it's been an awesome journey uh, to help companies, whether e-commerce or others, across the globe and see all the incredible innovation happening. Um, so, interesting. So, um, how old is is One Signal? When when was it started? Yeah, One Signal is a uh, an eight year old company. Hmm. As uh, the history's kind of funny, um, it was originally a mobile game studio, and the hmm. founders had some pretty good success. They did one game with Shaquille O'Neal, um, like this uh, superhero kind of game, and hmm. a few others. Um, they built uh, push notifications because push notifications for. Um, so they built that natively into the platform. That is a really crucial user retention and engagement yeah. tool, and they really need to build something great for the studio. And uh, they they decided to open it up and see if other people wanted to use it. And next thing you know, developers, mobile game developers, but other developers as well started taking them up on it. And it started growing like wildfire. And so they pivoted uh, the business um, in a 2013, 14 timeframe. Um, and we became one signal and focused on uh, building software around 15, 16 timeframe. Um, and they've been on a, a, an incredible ride. I think the first year they went from zero to 10,000 uh, people using the product um, and then grew from that to 100, then 100 to, to 250, 300. That's when I joined. Um, in the last two years, we've gone from about 300-ish to over a million. Incredible, um, incredible growth, incredible growth. Um, yeah. How would you split out your customers, um, your, your app customers, um, iOS, Android customers from your web customers? Where yeah, it's a great question. So we are uh, we have about seventy three percent. If you go to like a built with and look at technologies used, seventy three percent of all websites that use push notifications use one signal. So, um, and that's about fifty percent of our volume. So we're roughly fifty percent mobile app, fifty percent uh, web. On the on the mobile side. Um, it's, it's a little bit more Android as you can imagine, because yeah. there's just more Android devices out there and, and Android apps. Um, but on the volume side, we've got a huge number of apps, hundreds of thousands of active applications using one signal today. Well, can you, you, can you use push notifications on iOS? I, I hear, at least the last time I heard, um, I checked, uh, you, you couldn't. Yeah, it's a good question. So, uh, if on, for Safari web, iOS does not support, or sorry, for iOS does not support web push notifications at all. Mm. But but Safari uh, on on a traditional PC does support it. Well, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. and actually the the quick history here is iOS Apple created this notion of push notifications in 2009 to support app discovery and re-engagement and, yeah. and whatnot. And then they were the first on the web browser side to support it with a, with a Safari protocol, I think in about 2012. Yes. And then the rest of the browsers got together in 2015 and released a, a common standard. So um, Firefox, Chrome, and so on all use a single standard. Um, and that's become much more uh, prominent. And I think that the functionality there is a little bit richer than on the Safari side. But to mm. answer your specific question, you cannot deliver a web push notification to an iOS device today. You have to have a, an iOS uh, app. Okay, okay, makes sense, makes sense. Let's take this quick break to hear from our sponsors. Is your e-commerce store powered by Magento, BigCommerce, Commerce Cloud, WooCommerce, or a custom cats platform? Is it slow? Does it have too many fields or involves too many steps to complete a purchase? Enter, enter, Bolt. enter, 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 enter. 
It's the fastest e-commerce checkouts in the industry, period. Boatloads 10x faster than native checkouts with an average checkout duration of just over 30 seconds. Bolt is mobile native with no scroll on mobile screens. It offers a zero fraud guarantee and has 42% fewer fields than native checkouts. Bolt supports Stripe, Apple Pay, PayPal, and several more payment gateways and providers. Bolt helps luxury sunglasses brand Dita reduce checkout abandonment by 32%, which resulted in a 50% conversion rate uplift. Don't lose customers at checkout, use Bolt. Bolt is offering a completely free bottom of funnel checkout audit to 2x e-commerce listeners. Head over to bolt.com forward slash 2x to get your free checkout audit now. That's bolt.com forward slash 2x. Okay, now let's look at, um, let's dip, just let's just delve into e-commerce um, and push notifications. What are your best in class? And this is like the meat. Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not, there are no starters here, but the, my, my meaty question is, what are your best in class e-commerce um, stores or e-commerce clients? How are they using push notifications to deliver revenue profitably? Yeah. So just let me do a real, so for one second, just so people are aware. So push notifications are these, these notifications you get on your, your welcome screen on your phone or come in on your browser on your PC. And there are these, these little messages depending on the browser and the, and the software using there's different functionality. So some will include, allow you to send an image. Um, some allow you to actually engage, share, save, um, the, the item, um, but on the e-commerce side, it's really important uh, to think about these things as just highly engaged um, uh, messages that allow you to do personalization like cart abandonment, right? So you can send a message to somebody after they've left your your website um, and didn't complete a transaction. You can send it with an image and a quick call to action. Um, and so to, so to answer your question, I can go through point by point, but I, I think this is the tactics in the playbook aren't too dissimilar from what people may be doing in retargeting uh, from an advertising standpoint or what they're doing in email. The difference is that these are highly customized or they're, or sorry, they're, they're highly personalized. There's a real high visibility because they're coming in as a notification on your browser, on your desktop, or in the phone, um, you can personalize them because you know who that user may be based on either the product it was or some discount you're, you're delivering. And so the companies that are doing a really good job of this are, are really just, for the most part, just doing the basics and they're using the same playbook they may be using from, from email and, and ad retargeting, mm-hmm. which is to say personalization um, around the like product you're looking at or categories that they, they tend to love. So the behavioral... Mm-hmm notions you have of a user, like say, for example, if it's a, a, a shoe store, like a stadium goods, right? Yeah. Well, stadium goods is a selling sneakers and it's a, it's a place for um, aficionados or looking for, for high visibility uh, uh, products. They may do drops of a new sneaker or um, something that's really hot within the environment to people that they know they love, 
you know, retro Air Jordans, or they know they love Yeezys or whatever the the product may be. And so it's not just about Carter Venom. It's also a place to get, uh, drop some new product launch to drum up immediate interest. It's, it's an amazing channel for, for product drops or, you know, product announcements. You know, it's, it can't get any clearer. Um, what about frequency? You know, um, I, I am notorious for switching off um, push notifications for brands. And this is on my phone, by the way, um, when it gets quote unquote annoying, but luckily iOS does provide um, like, like a management, you know, where you say reduce the frequency and, you know, and things, or no, no, it's it's more like send quietly. That's that's, that's the the setting on, on, and so when I just um, swipe down, I'm able to see the notifications anyway, and then just access what I'm looking for. So, um, what are your best practices or recommended best practices for the frequency of messaging um, with, with push notifications in the e-commerce space, especially um, in the browser you know, environment for desktop and, and Android devices? Yeah, it's a great question and, and one that there is no easy answer. I think, um, number one, I think you, you've got to be careful about in any messaging channel um, inundating your, your user with too much. And that would vary what the definition of too much varies greatly by the audience. So if I used a stadium goods as an example, or, or somewhere where it's a community driven experience and the people it's more like it's more content oriented, then it may be more frequent because people want to know about uh, a new drop, or they may want to know about price drops. They may have signed up for these things. So it's also about the, the, the nature of what it is. And actually going back to your best practices, I think it's, there's a couple of different things. There's price. There's there's allowing people to sign up for price alerts. Uh, some of the e-commerce people are using it for shipping notifications, right? Like okay. so. So if you're buying a bunch of stuff from uh, from a store, and I'm getting a ton of notifications, but they're all utility based, right? They're the, the product's now in stock, or the product uh, price dropped, and I've signed up for that, or the product has now been shipped, or the product's being delivered today. Those things, I think you can get, you can send more because there's a high utility and the user wants it. Yeah. I think if you're driving just promotions or trying to get people to come back for park card abandonment, I think you've got to be careful. There's a couple touches there, and I wouldn't want to do multiple touches in a single day. You want to span it out. Um, I think more than one per day in general is, is a lot. Um, again, unless it's a community driven experience where there's an expectation of that. So for example, uh, to use eBay's one, if you're actively bidding on something, uh, notifications are a great way to keep reminding them of an activity happening, whether you're selling or you're buying. So you may be okay getting 10 or 15 notifications in a day because there's this more social community driven experience versus if you're a, a direct to consumer brand selling, let's call it shaving products, uh, it may be inappropriate to be sending more than one or maybe more than a couple per week even. So I think it's, you have to know your audience and you've got to experiment. Some users you're going to find there's five or 10% of your user base. And this is something that's really important about this that are going to opt into push notifications. They absolutely love your product. They love your brand and they can't get enough of your product and your brand. And so their, their, uh, their density um, or willingness to receive messages is much going to be higher than somebody who just happened to subscribe and may not be fully bought in. They may not be a member and subscriber. Are, are, are you able to segment those kind of, you know, users out? So um, you put them in another, in a, in a basket of highly engaged and, yes. you know, um, just ramp up your, your communications with them. 
That's correct. Yeah. So that's really important personalization and, and really segmenting users based on behaviors. So I think best practice is going to be leveraging those core kind of engagement periods for consumers that I already mentioned. It's also going to be taking the next step, which is understanding which users are maybe already members. So if you're a subscription-based e-commerce service, uh, knowing that those people are going to want more messages because they already they already uh, they already know you, they're already bought into your service, and actually staying top of mind is really important. Versus someone who maybe came through one time, subscribed. If you send them a lot of messages, their likelihood of them unsubscribing from your messages is higher. But those those people are going to want a message uh, less frequently. So maybe once a week, maybe a couple times a month max, and you can do that in most of these tools, OneSignal allows you to segment based on frequency of visit, um, based on ch- channel they visited, um, uh, various things you can set. We have this notion of a data tag. You can set this in different parts of your, of your business, or you can append data from your own, um, your own database um, and allow you to make a lot of determinations and personalize those messages. In platforms like Shopify, where we've built a, a, a very robust app in their app store, Right out of the box comes functionality like shipping alerts, um, promotional messages, cart abandonment, welcome messages. And so you can personalize based on frequency of visit and activity right out of the box pretty easily. Okay. Makes sense. Makes makes a lot of sense. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a few steps back and um, ask you about the ask. So... Um, what are the best practices, especially for um, browser, you know, based opt-ins to request for a um, for an opt-in? Now, you did mention um, utility-based notifications. You know, like you know, signing up for a notification for shipping. If I signed up for a shipping notification, does that give the brand um, the right to send me a product drop? Or would it be very? Would that notification be specific to to that utility, um, or is is it a you know one click opt in that you know gives you know brands full access to to um, to broadcasting or to yeah? That's a nuanced question that I, I appreciate you asking because it's mm-hmm. it's one that a lot of people for, don't think about. So so at a high level, at a macro level, I think there's certain natural points to ask for per, per permission. When you get that permission, you have the ability to send them a message in any given time. So it could be, so if you get that permission on a shipping notification, you, that's a really important point. You want to be very careful about now starting to flood their, their notification inbox with promotional messages and, and whatnot. So you want to be careful about where you got that prompt and, uh, and that permission and how you proceed forward. And the best way to do that would be if you get a, a, on a shipping notification, you're going to want to provide them less frequent messages around highly valuable, whether it's it's discount promotions or a important product drop that you think there's a, a likelihood based on their past purchase to be interested in and things of that nature. Um, but that is, that is an important nuance to be thoughtful because one thing that's important about this channel that's different is that this is the first messaging channel built from the ground up that is mutual opt-in and opt-out. And what I mean by that is in email, you may ask for someone's email and they may give it to you, or you may even buy it on some list to market to them. And when they say they want to unsubscribe, 
legally you're supposed to unsubscribe them, but due to technology issues, they may or may not unsubscribe. Same thing with physical address. It's really hard for a consumer to ultimately unsubscribe. There's no technological barrier. With push notifications, all the user has to do is go and unsubscribe and that there's a thing called a push token that's removed. And you as the brand can no longer deliver message to that user. You've lost that right. So it's really important that you treat every push notification with a, a higher degree of, of quality because once they opt out, you have to go get re-permission them to get them back in. You can no longer message them. That's a very, very, very good point. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made the first purchase, how do you keep them coming back again? That's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact list, send memorable emails, automate key messages, and more. Way, way more. That's why over 30,000 e-commerce brands like Chobby's, Brooklyn Inn, and Living Proof use Klaviyo to build a loyal following. Strong customer relationships mean more repeat customers or sales, enthusiastic word of mouth, and less dependent on third-party ads. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Clavio can help you get going faster. It's free to get started. So visit clavio.com 2x to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash 2x. It, it, it's just got me thinking about, um, you know, points because if you look at email, um, one of the biggest, um, well, one of the types of email that has the biggest, you know, opt-in rate is, um, your order confirmation and, you know, people just want to open it. And it just seems to me like, um, once they've committed to paying, um, the brand, um, it may be a good opportunity to, to ask for for a um, for for access to, to to notify them, and as you said, um, just use it with caution. That you know, superpower essentially, and um, hopefully, you know, um, you'd be able to you know um, give them the most essential messages, especially um, things that pertain to to them and their the previous actions. Yeah, okay, that's right. Right. So let's so with the ask, let's talk about the list. So um, with email, there's there's lots of like list building strategies or, you know, the list is your assets. It's an asset in email marketing. Um, the your, your audience size, if you're advertising on Facebook or whatever platform is massive in terms of like your reach. Um, when you're talking about um, SMS, you know, it's about the list. Now, what should brand, what... <laughs> I'll put it this way for a, um, eight figure brand, a 10 million, you know, plus brand, um, what kind of lists should they be aiming for? What type of notification list should it be in the hundreds of thousands? You know, what is possible or what percentage of traffic better still, what percentage of traffic, um, do you think will opt in, 
And what kind of targets should we set for our list size to make it to see some ROI and, you know, conversions when, you know, we, we start to, um, you know, um, start to send our promotional stuff? Yeah, it's a great question. So it varies greatly based on mobile versus web. So since this is e-commerce centric, there'll be a lot less mobile um, app. But just real quick on mobile, we see somewhere between about 52% of the mobile app users will enable push notifications. So it's pretty large. Um, and there's several reasons for that, but I won't get into a lot of that detail. But um, on the website, it's going to be closer to somewhere between 3 and 12, 14, 15% of the traffic. What we find is that over time, you're going you're gonna to get 5 to 10% of your your audience, your core audience, um, and usually in this the data we've looked at um, and, and discussions we've had, that five or ten percent typically ends up being your most loyal users. And the reason why is because you're you're prompting for for notifications. People are getting more savvy about what that means. So the people that are opting in are typically your most valuable, your VIP customers, the one that spend the most amount of money with you. Um, and so I would think if you're looking at lists, let's say you have um, I don't know, uh, 100,000 monthly uh, visitors. Um, you're probably gonna only going to get a couple percent of those. But over the course of 12 months, your total unique visitors are probably more like four or 500,000. You're probably going to get five-ish percent of those, right? And yeah. so over time, your list is going to grow to be somewhere around 10 to 12, 13, 14% of your monthly your monthly um, visitors. And okay. I think that's a pretty good number. And, and by the way, I, and I'm happy to talk about this in more depth, but we've done a bunch of case studies with e-commerce sites. Um, there's a, a big e, a wine and, and beverage uh, e, uh, retailer, e-commerce retailer in South America called Evino. Yeah. Um, they found that they get about 12% of their revenue or they get 12% of their revenue from push notifications overall. Um, we did uh, a recent one with a company called Inspire Uplift that's based here in North America. Um, they get 12% or sorry, they get 10% of all their revenue from push and they saw massive card abandonment growth from this. So yeah. I think it's less about the total number of lists. It's more about you can get 10 to 15% of, of a revenue overall of your revenue mix from push. Yeah. And so if you're not using it, it's a, it's a, a vital new channel to be able to build an additional base yeah. and growth of your existing user base. I guess, which brings me to my next question, which is the, you know, broadcasts versus personalized messaging, you know, um, debates. Um, obviously, personalization is a very, very um, intrinsic um, part of e-commerce as a whole um, because you're essentially, <clears throat> you're, you're essentially taking action based on actions of your customers on a one-to-one -one basis pretty much. And then there's a broadcast. The broadcast would probably go, uh, would probably apply to sales events, um, you know, um, new product drops. Um, so how do these play out um, on the impact on revenue um, for brands that are, you know, um, you know seeing that much success, um, which is, um, you know, 12% 12, 12 or so of, of revenue? Yeah, and, and we could spend a couple hours talking about this because I've actually spent... Um, I've seen a lot of different data around this. I think personalization. I think personalization is critical, but the the level and degree of personalization, I think people have to be very careful on because it's easy to to make mistakes. Um, 
we allow once signal has the whole keyword value pair, so you can pull in someone's personal name if you've got that attached to to their subscription. Um, but I think personalization really is more about is this person really? Let's just say you're you, you're a, a retailer around clothing, and you know this person likes certain brands. I think personalization at the level of sending them information about. Uh, that new products in that brand or promotions around that brand or product categories. Let's say I'm, I'm a sneaker head, which I may or may not be since I've made multiple sneaker references um, and sending me- messages about, uh, about sneakers or cool new things that are dropping, you know, whether it's, again, maybe I love the Air Jordan brand, maybe I love the Yeezy brand. Um, those are just two easy examples. And so sending messages about that, to me, that's personalization. Um, I think people getting too caught up in personalization, though, and trying to do personalization, a level of a naming or um, predicting what they're, what they're going to want um, outside of categories gets a little bit dangerous. And then when you start getting those messages, if you nail it, it's great, but there's, there's that chance that you turn customers off 15 or 20% of those customers. And so personalization to me needs to be more about at that high level, it's the old Amazon collaborative filtering notion. It's like provide them context to, to where they've done in the past, what they've done with you, what you know about them, but don't try to go overboard where it gets creepy, if that makes okay. sense. Yeah. I think that's the, the creepy to me is the, uh, the litmus test. Like you want to stay away from, from that because it's, that's where you can have these, those dangerous experiences where you turn a consumer off and they, they never want to come back. They unsubscribe and so on. Yeah, and with um, the run-up of a, a lot of like, um, well, Netflix, you know, documentaries now, um, we're, we're seeing a pushback from customers in regards to tracking, um, yeah. you know, in general. So we 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 have to be you know really careful as marketers. What's what's fascinating? I know, I'm sure most people know this, but the Netflix actually changes the cover image of their content based on like what they know about you. And I think that's pretty fascinating. And I, and I think it's an area that's a really unique area where, you know, maybe that it doesn't get you in trouble because it's not putting out a name that they don't know about you, or it's not putting something out there that's going to be awkward. But when you do understand that, and I, I encourage people to check this out, go when you're at a, a friend's house, or even if you change profiles, go to this, go and look at browse some of the similar uh, programs or movies or shows you've watched, you'll have different cover images based on what they know about you. So that's an inter- interesting area. But I think it's it, in e-commerce, I would say don't overthink it. Um, but, but try to bring personalization to level of what they bought in the past, you know, cart abandonment's a great example, like showing the image of what they've left in the cart. That's a no brainer personalization, but guessing like, Hey, you shopped for, um, you know, uh, these shoes, maybe you want these underwear. That's a little bit dangerous because you just don't know, like maybe they were shopping for somebody else. Maybe that was someone else using their computer. And now you're sending them a notification for a product that's like totally not in their wheelhouse and and whatnot. So fascinating, really, really, really good stuff. All right, um, I think we we've covered you know quite quite a lot on on push notifications, and um, I would implore. Um, listeners to go into your Google Analytics or whatever um, platform, whether it's OpenNature or whatever platform you use for your analytics and trying to analyze um, the device type, you know, and um, see how many Androids you have. And because it's a massive opportunity to tap into, um, you know, just getting um, right in front of, um, you know, mobiles, you know, on, you know, um, with notifications and, um, you know, doing it wisely will be most important. 
Um, for users um, that want to learn more um, about best practices, what are your go-to resources um, for for push notifications to, to just you know to to be you know um, really expert in at it? Obviously, nothing beats um, experience. But um, where would you suggest um, listeners actually go to as a resource? Yeah, so I, I would, uh, you know, I, I'm biased, but we've at onesignal.com forward slash blog. There's okay. great resources on for e-commerce specifically. Mm-hmm. I'd also encourage them, uh, OneSignal's products free to try. So you can you can grow a, a pretty large audience up to, up to 30,000 uh, subscribers and use the product for free, trial oh. it. Um, or the Shopify app is free right now, um, and it will be free for up to a thousand subscribers um, in the future. So uh, just just check it out, try it. If it, it I'm, you know, I'm highly confident based on the experience we've had with with over a million users, it will it will be successful for you. Um, but if it's not, then you can discontinue usage. But I would encourage you there, and it's it's free. You can go to onesignal.com, um, or you can go to the Shopify app store and search for OneSignal. Brilliant. Thank you, Josh. And you do host a podcast, don't you? We do. We do host a podcast. Uh, okay. We've been we've been testing around with this format. Um, we're not as active or professional as uh, as you are, um, but we're, we're striving. We're working. We're working on that. Um, and, and look, our our goal ultimately is to provide education, help people uh, a message, and ultimately, you know, build great practice around uh, building an audience. Whether it's a shared passion, whether it's e-commerce, uh, whether it's media uh, sites, um, we work with companies all around the world. And, uh, and so we want to provide the best educational. So I think you'll find documentation is really clean. Um, and it has to be because we work with so many people in different, different countries, different languages and whatnot. So. Incredible. So, um, for, for me, I'm, I'm so happy that, um, I've, I've just got the, the best company in the world around push notifications to talk about push notifications on the show. That's just, that's what we're about. So um, I just want to thank you for, for coming out, um, given your busy schedule and um, yeah, just many thanks again. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I love doing this and i um, always, always well, uh, willing to join again. I, I love talking e-commerce, so Absolutely. Uh, never hesitate. Cheers. Thanks. Cheers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of 2X e-commerce. We encourage you to connect with our community of 2X e-commerce listeners on our Facebook group, e-commerce growth accelerator mastermind. Just search for 2X e-commerce on Facebook to find it. Answer three questions and you'll be approved. Grab the show notes of this episode on our website, 2xecommerce.com. Finally, if you haven't already, give the show a review on your podcasting app. Catch you on the next show and keep growing.